Hi everyone, welcome back to the Some Say Podcast. I'm Holly. This is episode seven. If you've been listening all along, welcome and thank you for sticking around. Um, if this is your first episode, welcome. Um, I am doing this podcast in order to document some of the some of the people that I know so far, um, and some people that I think deserve a voice outside of, I guess, mainstream media, right? Um, people who I know to be interesting, smart, talented, that I want to get, I want to get their voices out. So that's what this podcast is. It's for creators and creatives and people who just do what they love, whether or not the money comes. So I figured episode seven was a good time to sort of recap that. Um, So welcome. Uh, This episode I'm really excited about. Every episode I've been really excited about. I love talking to everybody. This episode features Kelly Hayden. Kelly is a cool person. She is an archivist. She is a former punk rock goth kid, um, theater person, and overall just interesting conversationalist person who has really clear ideas and ideals. And I think you'll hear that during our conversation. I think you'll also hear her excitement for being an archivist. You'll hear her excitement come through. Um, She wanted me to mention in the intro or the outro, so we'll do it now, that when she referenced Michael Jackson's thriller, it was not a white tiger. It was just a regular tiger cub. Okay. I've also put the correction on on the website. Um, But I feel as though this conversation was a lot of fun in the moment, as, you know, most are. But also, just listening back to it, um, you could really feel that sort of excitement and movement forward. Talking about archiving, which is, I gotta be honest, a subject that I don't know I ever thought about getting very excited over. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. I'll be back for a minute after the show. I am still working on my Indiegogo, so keep an eye out for it. I don't love the idea of doing an Indiegogo. That might be obvious at this point, Um, but it's coming. So I appreciate you, you know, thinking about it, looking out for it. If you can do anything for it, pass it along, anything along those lines. Also, very important note here. I am still dealing with digital dirt and it seems as though almost on schedule, every episode, I have about 20 seconds Uh, where there's a real problem with the audio where it drops out. Guest number two, Eric Terzo, mentioned to me, have a backup, maybe use a backup recording. I thought about that for a second and then realized, well, I mean, all I have as a backup recording device really is my phone. And when he said it, I, I think I have to do it. So... That doesn't happen this episode. That'll happen um, after episode eight. Hopefully it won't be needed for episode eight, but, you know, seemingly it's happening every single episode. But my idea is to start doing a backup recording on the iPhone 
and then overdubbing that's a whole other level of stuff that I haven't quite obviously mastered yet but stay tuned um, I apologize for any digital dirt that interrupts your your listening pleasure but I do appreciate you guys listening and sticking around so without further ado this is Kelly R. Hayden she is an archivist she is a New Yorker and she is the guest here on the Some Say Podcast, Episode 7. All right, Kelly. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Nice <laughs> to be here. It's right. wonderful to have you. Um, so, why do you do what you do and why do you love it? Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's okay. start as broad as possible. Big, big question. Um, <laughs> Well, I am an, an I'm an archivist, and I'm an uh, audiovisual archivist. Yes. And um, it's it's I I'm here now. I just I became an archivist maybe about three years ago. Okay. And um, after going to grad school for four years part time. Nice. So it's just been a long time getting into the place that I'm at. I have a really cool job. And um, I work with a lot of artists uh, because my collection specifically, the collection that I work on specifically focuses on the downtown scene in New York, um, the countercultural scene that occurred from the late 60s to the late 70s. Okay. So that's a Fales Library at New York University. So I, I just started working there a year and a half ago, <laughs> and I just get to see the coolest stuff. Um, I was amazing. a punk rock kid. I was a goth kid. Right. Um, Lou Reed, uh, Richard Hell. We have Richard Hell's archive. I see awesome. Richard Hell coming to the library. And he's <laughs> all like a million feet tall wow. and, 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 and old but rad. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we got Eric Bogosian's archive. Oh, wow. And he comes in sometimes. And That's we have, fantastic. Yeah, we have the archives of Mabu Mines, the experimental theater company. Um, I mean, it's just on and on and on the cool stuff that I see every day. And, um, you know, and it's hard at my job sometimes because it's very institutional and it's very sure. academic. And sure. as you know, I have an artist background, so yes. I, I feel kind of a misfit there sometimes. Yeah. But it's also kind of the perfect place for me to right. be a misfit. Right. I feel like all of these misfits in our collection are very happy I'm there <laughs> yes. representing them and, yes. the, and all their weird their weird exploratoriness. Um, that's great. And, so, uh, yeah. Sorry, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No. I was just going to say, that's like a per- I feel like that's a perfect place to sort of jump back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I met you, you were a theater artist, mm-hmm. and now you are a serious archivist. How did you make that leap? How did you make that transition? Ooh, or what we, made you want to make that transition? Can we go back even farther? Sure, go mind? for it. Okay. Go. <laughs> well, back in the 1990s... <laughs> When I walked to grad school, <laughs> both ways, um, I, uh, I I went to film school. Yes. Oh God, let's go back even farther. Yeah. Okay. So Whatever I grew up in. <laughs> I, was I, I was born. I was born in Arkansas. Nice. Raised in Missouri. <laughs> yes. Um, hated it. Hated everybody. Hated everything. <laughs> I was a latchkey kid. Mm. You know, so was I was I. raised by, yeah, I yeah. was like, and my parents were introverts too, so we were all kind of like in our own room doing our own thing. Sure. So, you know, I was that kid, we're all black, I hated everybody, I came home, I listened to the Velvet Underground, fuck you everybody. Yeah. 
I'm getting out of here. <laughs> 18, fled. Fled, got every student loan I possibly could. Great. Got to New York, mm-hmm. where I could be the Lou Reed I always wanted to be. <laughs> and um, went to, uh, got my, uh, sorry, I went to a School of Visual Arts. I couldn't remember the name of the school for a minute there. <laughs> I went to the School of Visual Arts. This was like 1992 to study film. Sure. Uh, I wanted to be a film artist. Um, I wanted to be the kind of film, I wanted to be an experimental filmmaker. Wow. I wanted to, you know, be the Jackson Pollock of filmmaking, like splotches wow. just going across the screen. And yes. uh, um, just I just wanted to be like a radical artist, smoking cigarettes <laughs> in bars and cafes. Sounds and, about right. Um, just Sounds being, about right. Just being so fucking cool <laughs> and not being anywhere fucking Missouri. Um, but, you know, I... Uh, I had, you know, I realized that you couldn't really make money doing that. Right, right, right. I very quickly understood that. So I went through, I went through film school trying to be a film artist. A lot of the stuff that I, I made in film school was, you know, it wasn't, it was very artsy. Right. But we'll, we'll just call it that. Yeah. And, um, and uh, so I, I got out of school and I didn't really know what to do with myself because I didn't know, I didn't understand the whole getting a job in the field thing. I still right. I still don't right. really. Right. Making money as an artist That's is right. just something I never I, I, I just didn't understand it. So I, I went the route that a lot of my peers went where I tried to work in uh, on film sets and on film productions. Right. Uh, but I hated that too. I mean, <laughs> well, it's a lot. That's a lot of grunt work. It's a lot of. It's a lot of grunt work, and like everybody's, it's so fast, and everybody's angry and yelling at you all the time. Right. And you know, I'm an Aquarius. I don't like being told what to do. Right. It's like, <laughs> right, <laughs> just get right. out of here with this. Right, you're like yelling at me. Right. So I didn't. I didn't want to. I just didn't want to do any. I mean, if I was going to have a shitty day job, I was going to have a shitty day job. Right. And but I wanted to direct. I wanted to write. I wanted to make films. Um, but all that stuff cost money at the time. It doesn't cost that much money to make films now. Right. But back then, when you were actually working with film and tape, you know, right. there's a little bit of money involved. A lot. So I ended up getting involved in theater because I saw an advertisement for the Looking Glass Theater Company, it, which was in Midtown Manhattan at the time. And it was a, a women's theater company that promoted women's work. Right. And um, I, they, I just saw an advertisement that I uh, was seeking uh, female directors for their Winter Forum, which is uh, was just a festival of short plays written and directed by women. That's great. I applied for it, didn't get it, however... I was hired to be the stage manager, mm-hmm. which is like something I never, I didn't even know what a stage manager was, right. but they were like, you're cool. You can't direct, but you can be a stage manager and the next year you can direct. That's great. And, um, I ended up becoming the stage manager for a play directed by this really amazing person named Regina Robbins, great. who, uh, maybe, maybe we'll get her on the show, but yes. she's a really cool theater artist as well yes. and ended up having a lifelong friendship with her. But that's just kind of how I got into it. And then the next year, I directed a play on the forum, and I, I just ex- I was introduced to theater hitting the ground running. Um, I had no background in it. It was all film for me. Um, but uh, I, I learned that I loved working with actors. Uh, it was just, it was very, 
it's very interesting. I just it was very interesting for me and a very wonderful experience to take a script and sit down with a bunch of people and none of us have ever met each other. Yes. And just through interpreting the script, you find out so much about each other. Yes. I mean, it's kind of like group therapy. Yes. And I know, <laughs> I know a lot of people. I know there's a lot of directors who don't want it to go there. Right. They don't, which is probably why I was never going to be a great director. <laughs> Because I too much wanted, I just love that. I yes. just love getting just down and dirty with people like that. That's and you right. can't do that in real life. That's right. You know, you That's can't, right. you need these characters. You need right. this script, these words. That's right. And you do it they like, so that they can open the floodgates. That's right. And, uh, and, and they do. They do exactly that in the mm-hmm. right scenario with the right people. And you're absolutely right. It's it's a little bit of a safe space situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit like, well, this I'm only telling you this because of the scene, but you should know, you know, and then right. you kind of are there with that person. And mm-hmm. it, the characters kind of fall away a little bit. And yeah. you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Exactly. Yeah. You can really get real with people yeah. in the theater. In a way I mean, that you kind of can't in other places, Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's true. It's just, uh, and and I'm always, I think I'm always, now that I don't really do it anymore, I relish it when I do get to touch upon it. There's a few weeks ago, um, a group of actors in the in NYU's graduate program came to my archive because they were doing a play by Lorraine Hansberry. Okay. I can't remember the name of the play. It was the last one she wrote. Okay. But it took place in the village, and... Um, in the 60s. So they yes. wanted to come to my archive so that they could explore ephemera from that era. Nice. Uh, flyers, photos of cafes, photos of people, um, you know, sometimes clothes. We had clothes in the archive as well. And I, so I was like, okay, cool, that's great. So I, I just grabbed a bunch of stuff together that I thought was cool, that I thought was cool, laid it out all on tables in the reading room. And these actors come in and I swear, I've never seen people more excited about archival material in my life. They yes. were positively screaming at everything. <laughs> That's amazing. And they were just running around, look at this, look at this, holding up old magazines, feeling things through, talking about their characters. And I was like, why don't people explore archives in this way? Right. I mean, this is just, I, they were just... It's, it's not just about research, I think. Unfortunately, that's the reputation of archives. Right. But it's also just a place to discover, um, you know, a time and a place. It's you know, like a to portal. really feel through it. Yeah, it's, it's like a portal. portal. It's, it's like just... you're stepping back mm-hmm. and you're getting to put your hands on what, what history was mm-hmm. in a way that's not behind glass yeah, or, or hopefully not. No, so, no, not at all. Yeah. I had their, they had their hands on, like, Martin Wong uh, paintings, or not painting sketches, but um, I probably maybe shouldn't have let them do that. But anyway, but they were so happy to do (laughs) it. They were so happy to do it. And uh, they got so much out of it. And they're, you know, they were just, I just miss that about actors. And I'm kind of a sucker for it. That's what my my director friend said. Like, oh, God, you're such a sucker. But they were, because they're just, their spirit is so... They know how to play you, you know? You're nodding your head, right? I, yeah, <laughs> I love, I love actors. Yeah. But I'm also, you know, you got to be a little bit guarded because, like, you do. when, especially, like, if you're writing or directing, mm-hmm. they often 
are looking for any clue about character that mm-hmm. you can give. Right. And so however that can be gotten is is how it's done. So, you know, but I, I love actors. But yeah, yeah you've got to, you know, it's, yeah, it's yeah. all sort of like, who are you? What can I know? What can you tell me? You yeah. Know? So it's a funny thing. It's like the reason that I love them is also the reason, reason why I'm like guarded. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. No, it's the thing that drives them because you know, you know, they're playing with you. <laughs> But at the same time, they're doing such a good job of That's it. Right. It's That's like, right. That's right. But they, you know, they were just so excited and happy. And, like, God, they applauded me afterwards. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man, That's I amazing. loved it. That's amazing. And um, I was just, it's just been a long time since I've been around theater people and actors. And I was just, like. That's great. So ha- I was just so happy to touch upon it again. That's great. Because I, I definitely miss that. You don't, you don't get that kind of, like, openness and raw kind of emotional expression in the library world. Right, right. Maybe it's a little more uh, buttoned up, just a little bit more. Just a little bit. Just a little. No, that makes, that makes total sense. And no. it's, it's fun to listen to you talk about, you know, um, any kind of archival work you've done, because I never, I never saw it that way. So mm-hmm. to hear you sort of make it, you know, come alive mm-hmm. is yeah that's that's what it should be like I never think of it that way but when you tell me these you know some of these stories it's like oh right yeah it's, you're looking at these artifacts or these pieces but you know the point is to delve into their their lives and their history and what makes them interesting not just to sort of you know put them put them behind glass so yeah so much about archival material is just like I mean I, I'm saying archival material and it sounds very dry but it it just excites me because um, just the memory and, and and like I said the time and place. I remember um, I remember last night you were asking me. We were talking about this just interview a little bit, and you were like, "Yeah, yeah you know, just talk about like <laughs> what it is you do and why you do it." And I was like, "I don't know." <laughs> and I but I but the first thing that did come to mind <laughs> is a few years ago I was in an Airbnb. <laughs> A few years ago, I was in an Airbnb in Petaluma, California. Cool. Story time. Great. And uh, it was owned by this Grateful Dead following couple, or I guess formerly Grateful Dead following couple, but they were like old hippies, and they had this great little house in their backyard, and uh, they had all, they had a record player, and they had all these records. So I'm flipping through the records, and I see Thriller. Nice. Michael Jackson Thriller. Nice. And uh, so I pull it out, and you know, you remember the cover, right? Yes. So he's sitting on the cover on the front, and he's got like his white suit, I think yes. it was, and he's looking right at you, and he's so fucking cool. And then you can kind of see his knee is bent, right? Yep. But uh, you don't know, like, what's going You don't know if it is, you don't <laughs> see his hand or anything. Right. And then you open the album. <laughs> right. Do you remember what was on his knee the whole time? Yeah, like some kind of animal. Some it was a like- white. Tiger cub. Yes. It was on his knee the whole time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just, I was just so excited. Right. And I remember being a little kid, it just all flooded back to me. You sure. know, I remember being a little kid and opening that album and seeing that tiger cub. And I think it just, it just taught me a lot. I think it taught me a lot as an artist <laughs> about the element of surprise. Sure. Because it's like, you weren't expecting that. Right. But at the same time, of course. Of course, right. he was having a tiger cub on his knee the right. entire time. Like you need right. both of those things. You need to surprise them, but it also has to be kind of like logical and yeah, like, yeah, inevitable. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. 
So, you know, jump to 35 years later, <laughs> and here it is happening all over again. Yeah. But I can see the evolution. I could see, like, how far I've come. Yeah. And even though, like, technically the, the album thriller is not archival material because it's not unique, it still, for all intents and purposes, is an artifact. Absolutely. So I don't know. I was thinking, I guess when, when I was thinking about what it is, what I do, and why I do it, it's just like preserving that moment for people sure. um, so that they can like look back and see what they've accomplished, what they've learned, what they, like you need to, you need to have those markers in time. Yes. And it's not, um, it's not, but it's not easy. It's not as easy as just storing things. Right. You know, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. <laughs> it's a whole thing you go to grad school for. It's a whole thing. <laughs> it's a whole thing. But, but I don't, but yeah, I don't, I just, I hope that wasn't too ridiculous. No, I, no, it's, I love how excited you get about, about discussing it because I think that's what's, that's what's important right it's Mm -hmm. like we need somebody who cares about these materials Mm -hmm. and cares about like bringing them to life for people Mm -hmm. and not just sort of like checking them off on a list like okay now we have this now we have that it's like you know like your excitement is palpable Mm -hmm. and I think that comes across and I think that's why you know those actors are like you know clapping for you it's like (laughs) you know I mean that really it it comes through Mm -hmm. and I think it's the type of thing where you know, um, you can be very dry in this kind of a job, but if you're excited by it, then that mm-hmm. that comes through, and I think that's the whole point. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. Ah, I love it. So <laughs> there's there's a lot that you do, and there's a lot of places we can go, and I love mm-hmm. how you kind of touched on you know like your background and in, into what you're doing now. Um, I also know that you travel mm-hmm. and you travel a lot, and you post some great pictures. Um, so how does travel kind of figure into your creativity or does it? Mm-hmm. And what do you, do you go on trips? Like, I know you, you go on trips for different reasons. Do you go looking for something always? Do you mm-hmm. have objectives in mind? Do you mm-hmm. bring that back to your creativity? Like, where does that fit into your, your creative world? Yeah. Um, no, it's a really good question. I think about it a lot because yes, I do like to travel. I do go to a lot of remote places. Um, I was in Ghana for three months. Uh, I worked in a music and dance archive there. I was, uh, and that was like life changing. I've always liked to travel, but when I was in Ghana for three months, that like just changed me as a person. When did you go to Ghana? I was in Ghana um, for three months in 2014. Wow. I think it was. Um, And then... And then after that, I wanted to go everywhere and see everything and experience as much as I possibly could because I just felt so changed as a person. I wanted to feel it again. Wow. And it's actually very similar in a lot of ways to seeing certain kinds of art, I feel like. Um, because, I don't know, I hate talking about my travels a lot because it feels douchey sometimes, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you know what I'm talking about. I do about. know what you're talking about. I know exactly like, what you're talking those, about. There's people who talk about where they've been and what they've done and they're, they're adventure consumerists. wonderful little cafe and, you know, we found, we tumbled in there one day and the owner took us aside. No, I get it. Like, <laughs> it, can, it can sound really, like, ridiculous. It's like they're just bragging about their money. Right, you know? right. And, but there's also this other element, of course, to mm-hmm. travel that is you're not in your world Mm -hmm. you're somewhere 
you know, maybe where you don't speak the language or you don't know necessarily mm-hmm. the customs. And it's an eye-opening feeling to step out of your... Like, you're, you have to be out of yourself. Yeah. Whatever that means, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the real... Like, that's where it really kind you know, kind of... Um, makes you come alive, or at least in my, my yeah. experience. Yeah, so yeah. I, I get what you mean about not wanting to go too far into <laughs> it, but but I also am curious. Like you feel Ghana, like um, Ghana was a life changing experience. What about it? Kind of made you feel like I've got to do this and I've got to get this feeling back. Like what what was it that clicked for you in that trip? Well, you know, you come as an American. I think. Even, like, American... And I was raised very working class. I wasn't raised poor, but I was raised very working class. There was a lot of struggles in my upbringing. Um, And I just feel like we don't really understand how privileged we are until you're in this situation where you can't have access to any of your privileges. Um, And that... And, you know, you think you can't live without X, Y, and Z. You think you can't live without running toilet or, you know, running water. Or you think you can't live without your phone or whatever it is you think you can't live about without right. you can you know and you can yeah. be happy with that yeah, too absolutely. and I think that even though I intellectually know that to be true I didn't fundamentally know that to be true until I went there mm. and there's a lot of poverty in Ghana but it's a very stable country for the most as yes. far as the uh, countries in that region of the world go um, so I was you know the, the People I lived and worked with were like middle class to, um, for the most part. They had big cars and houses, and it was like some parts of it reminded me of New Jersey. Oh wow! It was very, yeah, it was really interesting. <laughs> there was a lot of poverty though, and uh, but people are also very happy. Um, there's a lot of sadness and poverty for sure, but it's just like you really, it really just stops and makes you think about what matters. Mm-hmm. And, um, and again, it's just like, it's like, you, we all understand intellectually that that's true. That money doesn't matter. Love matters. You know, family matters. All of this other stuff. But it's just so real and palpable when you're in a country like that where the electricity doesn't work all day. Right. And, um, you know, and uh, the plumbing, you know, you're shitting in a hole in the ground or for three months. (laughs) Right. Um, and you know, you, you live and you get through it and you're still happy. And there's kind of like a lot of, I guess, comfort in knowing that, that you can make it through. (laughs) Right. Right. That, that all the things we've kind of built up around ourselves, right. All the Mm -hmm. sort of technology and all the conveniences and all the Mm -hmm. definite, um, markings of modern life, Mm -hmm. if they all went away, we could make it, we could live, and... And we could still make art, and we could still... That's right. Like, you know, love, and be loved, and laugh, and tell jokes. I mean, it's just... Maybe even more so. (laughs) Maybe even more so, and maybe even more... um, I don't want to say more authentically, but maybe even more regularly? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, it really depends, right? Because it's the kind of thing where... um, I really look at people who kind of take steps back, you know, Mm -hmm. and like, I'm going to go and, you know, sort of put myself in a mountain in the woods for a a while and I'm going to just kind of shut everything down and concentrate on whatever's in front of me. Um, I think, ideally, I I love that. Like, I Mm -hmm. love the idea of being able to shut 
things down Mm -hmm. and go away and be quiet for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's becoming harder and harder to do. Yeah. So I love that you were kind of in the situation and you were able to recognize. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely don't think, um, I definitely feel like I'm kind of like this weirdly addicted to this sort of like new experiences to the to a degree, they might not be altogether healthy sometimes. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, like, I just got back from Tibet, which is an amazing trip. Yes. But I am definitely paying for it for a long time. It was a very right. expensive trip. Sure. Um, but it, that was another country that um, was just, it was really remote. Um, I got to meet people that have experiences that... Uh, you know, just change my perspective of the world. Right. So, but you know what? I feel I can have the same experience in a museum. I really can. I can, like, see a piece of art and everything just, and that's what's so great about art. It's so portable that that way. (laughs) No, you're absolutely right, actually, because if you go and just spend a couple hours, you know, at the Met or at the MoMA, Mm -hmm. um, it's easy to lose yourself Mm -hmm. in someone else's, like, vision, yeah. Of, of what is or what could be or what was. And you're right, actually, you make a really excellent point that, um, you know, it, it's it's fun to just step out. And the same way that travel is, mm-hmm. you know, you can step out of your experience and step out of your world. You really can do it in a museum or in a, or in a film or, you know, in any kind of art where mm-hmm. you're losing yourself and you're really leaving yourself outside. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. One of the things, I mean, as I'm listening to your talk, I'm like, yes. But also there's, like, an escapist aspect to Absolutely. it, right? That um, I think is, like, one of the things I always struggle with is trying to maintain that balance because I think that art and travel and all of these things and these things that I do, because I do a lot of things, is, like, an ex- kind of like an escape sure. from myself. Sure. Which is why I would really like to get back to creating art yes. more. Um, to tap into that. Yes. That. I mean, so if you were to go, okay, so if we're going from escapism to creation mm-hmm. and creating art, what is your goal in creating art? Or what, what would you look at if you were to get into a project? Mm-hmm. What would you want to get out of that project? I don't know, Holly. I don't really know. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> what do I want to get out of it? Um, well, I don't, I, I mean, and I think a lot about, new projects to get into. Right. So it may happen soon. Right. But um, I, I don't know. I I think I want to, this time, yes. try and enjoy the process right. as a process right. and not worry about the end results right. or, the, or where it goes or who's, who, who's going to, like, look at it or who's going to care or... Because um, I think the problem I always had in making art when I was a theater artist, when I was a filmmaker, or, and I write a lot too, because I've written a couple of plays as well, it's just I always get to this point where I'm like writing and I'm creating and I'm doing whatever, and then I, I just think, who am I? Right. Who am I right. to like right. feel, I mean, who cares? Right. Like, who cares what I think about this? Right. Oh, and then I stop. Right. So, and that's exactly, and it's, I think it's important to, to acknowledge that as someone who creates art or has created art, Mm -hmm. that I think most people go through that. And I think some people are better at shutting that off Mm -hmm. than others. Um, But I also think, you know, stepping into your voice Mm -hmm. and saying, and here it is, you know, like, like it, hate it, you know, um, 
appreciated or not, I think it's important, and I think we're at a, a crisis point, actually, where we need all these voices. Yeah. We don't have to agree or love all these voices, but we need to hear them so that we can understand ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've never heard that. I've never seen that. I've never thought of your story. But now that I have, okay, I'm somewhere else now. And right. I, I just, I think it's so important, but I agree with you. And that's where I also get stuck, you know, as a, as a writer. Um, you get to a point where you're just like, and so what? Like, and, and who... Who needs this yeah. aside from me? Right. And is that enough to push, you know, to push it out there and to really um, make it known or to have people come see it or, mm. you know, to let people know it exists? Like, where where's the line of, and we were talking about this earlier, right? Self-promotion. Um, what does that mean? And how do you walk that line of making sure your voice is heard, but also not you know, screaming so loudly that people turn the volume down and they're done. (laughs) So, I mean, I think that's a really great point you bring up. And, you know, I'm curious. uh, So I'm going to just kind of go back to, because I feel like we've touched on all these things (laughs) that are this, you know, this wonderful pot of, of, all of it, right? So travel, creation, (laughs) archival work, you know, they all fit. I feel like they all fit as part of a as part of a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, where are you now, and where would you like to be in the next, say, five years? Okay. As far as work that you're either archiving or finding or creating, like where where are you going in the next five years, Ooh. at least in your mind? And you know, meander around this because I know that's a huge question, but I just <laughs> feel like all these pieces fit together so nicely. Um, past and future and travel and inside and outside brains like where are you going in the next few years and and what would you like to you know put out there wow (laughs) oh man five years um or one or one or ten or ten whatever (laughs) wherever you want to go where will you be when you're dead (laughs) (laughs) um Good Lord. I mean, no, this is a good question to be asked because I don't, I, I tend to just live, I tend to just like, I, I, I get so busy all the time That's that right. I just tend to like That's do right. the thing that's in front of That's me right. and I don't think strategically That's at right. all about what I want. That's right. um, it's and just, very easy to do that. And I think for artists too, it's a little bit of a survival thing, mm-hmm. obviously, but you know, I think that's how we live and mm-hmm. in the times that we're in and the things that are happening, mm-hmm. everything's an emergency. Mm-hmm. Um, so thinking about like a project <laughs> you'd like to complete, you know, in the next five years is a little bit back of mind, I think for most people. Yeah. Um, but I also think it's important. And I, you know, you were telling me recently about um, doing the novel writing month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and I've, I've done that in the past with plays, mm-hmm. but you know, even this year, it was right before election day, and I was just like, "There's not, I'm not doing that. Like, yeah, it's not yeah. happening." Um, but I think it's important to sort of set these, yeah. set these terms and these limits, and to have an idea of what beyond, beyond tonight, beyond tomorrow. <laughs> you know, where you're trying to go. So, well, at work, I mean, one of the things that I wanted to do with getting into this quote unquote career that I have is uh, I wanted to have that day job that I don't yes. hate yes. because I had a day job that I hated. Yes. I wanted a day job that I didn't hate where I was doing good work and then I could and then I could go and do my creative life. So that was yes. one of the reasons why I went on this kind of hiatus. 
Yes. So now I'm so now I'm in I'm like right now facing this this question because I I have always wanted to write a novel. Yes. So I'm definitely thinking a lot about it. Definitely plotting a little bit in my spare time. That's great. Um, I don't know. I mean, every year I like write in my New Year's resolution list. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna go to another country. I'm gonna go to this country, and then I'm gonna write a novel. And I never do both. So okay. maybe this is the ne- maybe next year is the year that I don't go to another country <laughs> and I just stop escaping mm. and just sit down and be with myself. Mm. And uh, take all of these experiences that I've had and make something out of it for once. <laughs> <laughs> for once, oh please! You've done you've done a lot of you've done a lot of interesting things, and you've done a lot of work. And I think too, it's important to hold yourself to what you want and to what you say you want. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's important to give yourself a little space to mm-hmm. you know to explore a little bit and to come back around to stuff. Because sometimes that novel can't be written until you've visited this place or done this thing, right. you know. Like, that whole living a life, you know, and experiencing it before you can kind of sit down <laughs> to recreate it, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that that's important. But I also think, you know, again, just focusing on voice and focusing on on where you want to end up, um, I think travel's a great way to to figure out all those things, you know, figure out who you really are under pressure, figure <laughs> out what you're going to do in an emergency in another country, or if you get stranded, or if you don't speak the language and you have to get somewhere. I mean, I yeah. think all those things are are a key to kind of centering you as a person. Yeah. Like, once you, once you get out of that situation or once you figure out what you need to, you're like, oh, I did that. Yeah, you, you know? can survive. I mean, the little things that happen here don't bother you so right. much. That's right. You know, and that's great. That's right. And I think that's really important, and I think that's great for perspective. Mm-hmm. So so don't, yeah. knock, don't knock that so much. I think that's a good <laughs> thing. I think that's a really good thing. Um, so let's see. Uh, how do you push through... Um, you know, and we're kind of talking about this as we're going along here, but, you know, if you get discouraged or if you feel kind of caught on a project or even caught on what you're doing as far as your as far as your day job goes, how do you sort of push through that to come out on the other side or to continue going? I mean, I don't think I do. <laughs> I think you do. <laughs> I think you do. I think I would argue. Um, I mean, it's painful. It's it so is painful. painful. It is painful. Uh, but I think a lot of times we don't talk about that, really, because yeah. most people at a party don't want to hear that. So <laughs> I think, may- okay, so let me, you know what, let me come off of that a little bit and say, like, uh-huh. what's a lesson that you've, that you've picked up over your travels or over your career or through your creation, you know, time? Uh-huh. Like, what have you learned that you've been able to go back to in hmm. order to move forward? How's that? Is that a little bit better? <laughs> um... Sure. Uh, what have I learned? I mean, there's. It's just like um, I'm just trying to think of a good um, anecdote here for you. Well, I you know, I and I, I just think, and I'm not trying to. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to push you, but I'm gonna push you on this. Um, no, I think where I'm I'm going in this instance is a lot of people don't like to delve into the unpleasant parts of the things that they love. Mm -hmm. So I love writing plays, but I also 
it's very difficult Mm -hmm. for me, and it's hard for me to be in that room with those characters if something dramatic is happening, and it's hard for me to put myself back in that room as I revise that, and Mm -hmm. it, like, drives me nuts, right? So, you know, I like seeing the end result once it's done, but it's a hard hard thing to live with sometimes. Um, You know, and I guess where I'm trying to go with all of this is how do you sit back in the seat... Or how do you get up and go back to, you know, um, I guess the archives or whatever it is that you are concentrating on at the moment mm-hmm. when it's hard to maybe either be in the room or you're exhausted or, you know, you're kind of over it. Yeah, I'm a bad person to ask that because <laughs> if I'm okay. over it, man, I'm over it. <laughs> okay. Everybody knows it. I am done. All right. Bye. <laughs> Peace. It's over. Um, <laughs> no, I no, I know what you mean. Um, I I don't. I, it's not something that I'm great at. I don't even think I I, I really discovered um, what I can do to push through to get over frustrations that I have in creating art and um, either at work or at work. Um, and I, I I mean I do reach out to people. Um, I'm very much a person that likes that it, I'm very communal. I yes. like my people. Yes. I like mis. I gravitate towards misfits yes. and other people who like just kind of like hypersensitive. Yes. And um, can relate. And I I have a, I curated my friendships carefully. Yes. And I have some really amazing people in my life that I can go to when I'm having these frustrations. And they have always diligently helped me through it. That's great. So um, I, I rely on people um, for that, I think. I, I definitely really need good people in my life, good people I can trust. Yes. And, um, and then in turn, I try to support them as well with yes. the same kind of um, and, and yielding support. But I'm definitely, I'm definitely a little bit of a I – I can get pretty emotional – Yes. And I can quit. Yes. You know, and I'll just quit if it, yes. when it gets too, too hard. And I think that sometimes that's also, you know, there's a, there's something to be said for knowing when to walk away, mm-hmm. you know, and knowing when to, like, save yourself from mm-hmm. a situation or, you know, knowing when it's not for you and you need to leave. Yeah. You know, that exactly. kind of thing. Exactly. Um, and I think that's a recent lesson for me, definitely, where I think for a very long time it was just like, just stay until you're done. So what if you're bleeding? It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Just finish whatever you started. And I think that um, that's not always healthy or productive. Yeah. So I think that's, you know, I, I love your answer also about mm-hmm. community and about people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really important. Yeah. And I think it's kind of easy to, I think as a, I don't know, I think as a person in New York, um, you know, when you're younger and you're kind of partying with everybody and it's, you know, it's different when you just, when you've been here a little while and you've cultivated friendships mm-hmm. and you really need to go to people for things. I, I think it's important to have people, you know, yeah, you can depend on. Yeah, it's very rooted here. Um, all the different artistic communities. I, but I also have a, I lived with a, a woman who was a jazz musician. And um, so I have like, you know, a network in the jazz musician community as well and um 
I, I, I moved to, as you know, I moved to San Francisco for three months. Yes. If, or Sorry, for three yes. years. Yes. For uh, a while. And, man, it was just pain. I mean, I felt un- uprooted. I wow. felt like I had I so disconnected from everything. Yes. I didn't even realize how deeply embedded I was into the scene, the, you know, into New York. Right. So I came back screaming, <laughs> tail between my legs. Aww. Take me back, New York. <laughs> And it did. For all its faults, man, like, people right. here are the best. Right. They really are. It's true. Mm-hmm. And and it's a great point, like, for all its faults, because I think at this point, a lot of people I have known here are gone, you know, mm-hmm. have left. And for those who remain, it's sort of like the diehards, you know what I mean? Yeah, and like in the trenches together. Yeah, <laughs> and it is. It really is a thing where... You know, you make your choices, and it's so funny because I've always kind of had this fantasy of, like, oh, I'll go to California, and I've always wanted to, but also, also I, can't I can't really see it. See you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Kind of, you know. But there is, like, this fantasy, you know, about it, and I'm not saying that every New Yorker has that fantasy, but I think I think more than two of us do. Um, <laughs> and so it's it's really interesting to hear from someone who, who did it and you know, it, it wasn't quite, it wasn't quite the fit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I met, I have, I I now have a community there. I met a lot of great people, but I I mean, it was just, it's home here. It's just the intensity, the energy of all the places I've been to. I can honestly say this is the best city. (laughs) Best city. It (laughs) really is. It's just the diversity and, you know, I mean, the things you can see and do and, and just like just like walking down the street, even still, even still, you can walk down the street and find just the weirdest, amazing shit happening. <laughs> and it could be disgusting and gross and slightly perverted, <laughs> but it's also kind of amazing. <laughs> no, I think that's I think that's actually an excellent I think that's an excellent point, especially heading into, you know, we're recording this um, November and I think this is a good time to start writing out like reasons I love New York lists mm-hmm. because you know, winter's long, <laughs> winters are and rough, it's yeah, coming, man. and I think this is exactly the time to start thinking about the reasons why we're actually here because it can be easy to lose track, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you don't want to walk down your slippery stairs and the subways aren't running because it's cold or whatever like oh, man, BS yeah, <laughs> the problem is. I'm, I'm like the one person that doesn't bitch about the subways <laughs> because oh every time I get it's just it's always magical to me I will never I like I love it I mean every time I see that train coming down it's it. like I'm 18 all over again <laughs> and and I'm and I'm so excited not to be in Missouri. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we got to talk about that more often because, honestly, the trains have me kind of burnt out at this point. Um, let me see. Is there anything you'd like to, you'd like to end on or, or any advice you'd like to give to somebody who is thinking about, you know, being an archivist or, or anything that you'd like to, to end on here? I mean, if you're thinking about an archivist, my email... It's out there on NYU's website. Yeah, and I'll put Feel stuff free. up on your yeah, on your sure. show notes page, whatever you'd like. Yeah. Um, it's definitely not, it, in a lot of ways, it might not be what you think it is, but in a lot of ways, it's more than what you th- 
than what you think it is. I think so. that's amazing. <laughs> Kelly, this has been wonderful. <laughs> Thank, Thank you so much Thank for you, talking with me. I appreciate it. <laughs> and um, Happy to be here. And I want to have you back again, so... Thank oh, you. okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to do this again. We'll, we'll do an update. Yeah, we'll see what happens with my <laughs> great American novel. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to episode seven with Kelly Hayden. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time and your ears. Next week, or not next week, because now I'm doing them every other week, but next time, um, our guest will be Jacqueline Jones Lamont, who is a former professor of mine. She is another person who is not restricting herself to genre these days. Um, we had a really nice talk. That'll come up in two weeks. So I will talk to you then. Have a wonderful day. And again, thanks for listening. Bye-bye.